You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. talking about Neil Young and Crazy Horse, Russ Never Sleeps. On the line, I have Rob. Hey there. Ben. It's old, but it's good. And Kyle. Russ Never Sleeps is a live album by Canadian-American singer-songwriter Neil Young and the American band Crazy Horse. It was released on June 22nd, 1979 by Reprise Records. The producer was Neil Young and Dave Briggs, uh, Tim Mulligan, and the genre is acoustic, hard rock, and proto-grunge. I'm going to read from the book, Michael Heatley. By 1979, Neil Young was celebrating surviving the 70s with his integrity intact. Village Voice magazine even nominated him as Artist of the Decade, confirming him as one of the few stars of his era along with Dylan and Van Morrison to make the successful transition. Young was forging ahead with his solo career on two fronts. A film entitled Russ Never Sleeps premiered in July 1979, comprising of concert footage shot the previous year at San Francisco's Cal Palace, but a simultaneously released album of the same title was more interesting. An acoustic side featuring young solo while an electric side saw him backed by stage band Crazy Horse. The record is bookended by variations on the song My My Hey Hey, which ruminated on the fleeting nature of stardom. It became legendary after Nirvana's Kurt Cobain quoted it in his suicide note. Acoustic highlights included Pocahontas, inspired by Saki Littlefeather's appearance at the Academy Awards to turn down Marlon Brando's Oscar for his role in The Godfather. Thrasher was a veiled commentary on his relationship with Crosby, Stills, and Nash. The four scorching electric numbers on side two recorded live, but with audience sound removed, kicked off with Powderfinger, a Western tale, and concluded by a second blast of the album's theme song entitled Hey Hey My My Into the Black, the sound of an artist refusing to burn out or fade away. All right, what do we think of Neil Young and Crazy Horse, Rust Never Sleeps? Classic. This is fantastic. It's awesome. Fucking awesome! Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. This I, I don't know how I, I'm a Neil Young fan, but you know I was born after these days. I don't know how this one slipped under my radar. I'd seen the cover before. I knew it was a live album, but this week was my first week of just like really spending time 
with it. And man, Neil Young just really, he, he can't miss in the 70s, can he? No. no, he never does. Man, um, uh, so many songs on this record have just been with me all week. Uh, right now we're listening to Thrasher. Uh, that was like the first one to grab me. But then, yeah, man, but then we got to Powderfinger. <laughs> and that has just been haunting me this week. Yeah, why, is it, why has it been haunting you? I'm curious. Uh, lyrics? This. The, the yeah the lyrics the story that it tells from the perspective of the the narrator you know it's basically it's it's chronicling the last few moments of the narrator's life but it's not telling you exactly what happens the lyrics are almost like impressionistic they're like the panicked thoughts that are going through this kid's head so you the listener it's your yeah. job to to hear to hear these kind of just like scattered thoughts of this kid and piece together the story that's going on, and it it, it hit me like a, like a like a Cormac McCarthy story like what, yeah. like I've just been, I've just been thinking about it like I I wake up in the morning and I'm thinking about okay so what was going on in Powderfinger, I went down a blog like rabbit hole and. It turns out I'm not the only one. I thought that there was going to be more of a consensus, but people have wild, wildly variant opinions of what that song's about. Yeah, it's yeah, I, I agree, Ben. I'm going to back it up a second. I, I grew up in a uh, Neil Young household, Bruce Springsteen, just like uh, John Mellencamp. My dad listened to a lot of Neil Young. Um, he went to see Neil Young in '83 in Evansville on the Trans Tour, which nice. um, <laughs> yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, I got him a DVD of that, and I watched it with him like years ago. And wow, what a tour! But um, I I think like a lot of people. All right, I'm just I'll try to keep this concise. But like, I remember in '92, uh, Harvest Moon. Uh, we listened to that a lot in my household. I was like 13, <clears throat> and I know I'm not alone in this. But uh, you know, I was really into Nirvana when I was really young, and uh, I remember those lyrics being quoted. And uh, that, that suicide note for my my hey hey, and that led uh you know fourteen year old Kyle to do a deep dive on this record, and um, and we'll get into it. I know he was inspired by Devo. He was inspired by uh, Russ Never Sleeps, which is a shirt that Mark Mothersbaugh wore because when he was doing graphic design, he uh, invented that slogan for Rustolium. Yeah, that was Mark Mothersbaugh that did that. Yeah, Mark, Mark and Jerry yeah. when they had their when they were trying to get the money together to uh to put out the uh the demo they were doing marketing and yeah, Rest Never Sleeps was was their That's awesome. marketing I, play. I read yeah. that but I misread it. I, I I misread it as Neil Young had worked in like graphic design and came up with the 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 phrase. But it makes more <laughs> sense for it to be Mark and Jerry. It's a great marketing slogan for Rustolium. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I love Neil Young's take on it, applying it to the artist as you know, kind of like a a warning of of not letting yourself grow stagnant, of always pushing forward, always always getting outside your comfort zone. Just like because you know, atrophy is everywhere. Rush never sleeps. Yeah, the fact that he already considered himself uh, becoming a dinosaur, I don't. I'm not sure how old he is when this record came out, um, but he definitely viewed like his Crosby, Stills, and Nash stuff as 
the past, you know, like definitively. Yeah. And I think that happened with tying it back to this album. I mean, he's introducing, you know, this is the ballad of Johnny Rotten. Uh, Elvis had just died. I think it was an end of an era. Um, And he saw that this as a bookend of maybe the Don McLean of 1970s that kicked off, you know, that was an end of an era. This is 1979. It's the end of this decade. Uh, Punk is here. You know, there's the kids are, are doing something a little bit different than the old rock and rollers. So I, I I do think he recognized a bit of a shift in disco and all these different elements that were coming up, obviously synthesizers, uh, but it feels so good. This album's, yeah, the sort of acoustic electric element of this album is, is amazing. Yeah, and uh, obviously, if if you if you guys are, I'm sure you guys have already heard it. But anyone listening, if you if you like this stuff, definitely pick up Live Rust. So I'm I've never listened I'm I've never listened to Live Rust. Tell me, other than being two discs long, because. Rust Never Sleeps is a live album. I know that there's a lot of overdubs and they did their best to neutralize the crowd noise, but it's still technically a live album. So yeah. what's, well, it, it is like all these songs, these songs were not recorded in a studio. They were recorded on a stage. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the skeletons of the songs were recorded yeah. on a stage for sure. But I think, I think, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Many. I, I think a lot of this stuff was, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Is Live Rust, is it like the same song catalog, but more of a live feel? Or is it uh, different songs? Yeah, I mean, there's 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 more songs. Yeah. Is that is that record uh, in this book? No. no. No, it's not. Oh, that's a, that's a bummer. It's a real shame. Um, what year is Live Rust? Is it like the same year as this? Pretty sure, man. 1979. If... If you're going to release a live album of this stuff, why have this one be like a hybrid live studio album? Why not have this one just be a studio album and then release Live Rust? I can't I really think, speak to Neil Young's intentions. I think he was just kind of doing his own thing. Yeah, and I think that this sold so well, like, and he had the extra, like, tracks already. Like, you know, why not put a second record out the same fucking year? Like, Look you know. out, mama, there's a white boy. Side one of this album really spoke to me uh, last week cool, man. when I first heard it. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of it, it, it's a dark, dreary winter day. Uh, I, the country, our country, was in a pretty scary situation. I didn't. I kind like I. It feels like side one. A lot of it kind of deals with escapism, and it it was very much what I was feeling when I put it on, I, I was just taking a, a, like a walk around my gray neighborhood. All these songs about, you, you know, there's one where 
these songs about you know escaping to a simpler life a simpler time having less things and being happier uh was very much vibing with me last week and then we got to side two and and it's it's also great yeah his voice is just so yeah i i don't even know how to describe his voice it's it's spare um it's vulnerable like it's emotive i don't know there's there's nothing like his voice. Yeah, one one of a kind for sure. It it, it I did find this interesting too after doing those first albums where he obviously got a lot of uh, traction. He was along with Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, um, and he sort of came up. And then the tonight's the night. He and on the beach is a it felt like he was descending into more sparse uh, atmospheric music, something that was less polished. Um, and then the comeback with this album, it, it, it just speaks to the talent of, of Neil Young of a rejuvenation of his sort of initial spirit, I guess I felt. <laughs> that this one connected more with after the gold rush and some of those earlier albums, not to say that on the beach wasn't great. I wasn't as much of a fan of um, tonight's the night, but I absolutely recognize it as a uh, good album. It, this one just kind of, uh, I don't know. It felt like he saw Devo. He saw that uh, something, Sex Pistols? Sex Pistols, yeah. He was. He said he was interested in rock and roll again. I don't think that, in my, in my opinion, I don't think that we could have gotten here without the introspection and just like the real breaking down of On a Beach and Tonight's the Night. I think, I think that that, I think, and it, it is nice to see him kind of reborn here and I, I love i love both of those uh but specifically on a beach i think might still be my favorite neil young record okay. but uh man i've just really been enjoying listening to this this week yeah i saw a lot of people name this as their favorite neil young album and i i wouldn't have any comments about that Perfectly i mean there's fun. harvest did you guys do harvest yeah yeah, yeah absolutely i figured yeah can we dwell on can we dwell on powderfinger for a minute yeah, sure. Tell me what you think it's about. Uh, what man? Okay. <clears throat> well, I, man, I've got conflicting thoughts, uh, and also I've read other people's opinions, which may have like influenced my own thoughts about it. So, if you're not familiar with the song, it's told in the first person. Uh, the very first line: "Look out, Mama! There's a white boat coming down the river. Uh, it's got a big red beacon and a flag and a man on the rail." Uh, better tell John because I don't think they're here to deliver the mail, you know. Uh, so it, it kids, kids looking down the river, someone's coming for his family. Uh, who are the people coming for his family? An when, invading army. When is this set? Yeah, like some people are saying, like, oh, it's like along the Missouri River in the Civil War. But then other people would say, like, well, a beacon is anachronistic to that. You know, it doesn't necessarily say electric beacon. But still, you, you hear Beacon and you you think probably not a Civil War boat. I heard, so some of the stories I heard 
were I heard that it was a the the the, the narrator and his family are emancipated slaves in the north and the boat is actually a northern army press gang to recruit for the civil war and they've already gotten his dad and his dad's dead and his dad you know told him you know red means run son numbers add up to nothing his brother's gone his brother's in the mountains uh whoever big john is whether he's an uncle or a hired hand uh, his his old lady recently passed away, and he is ruined by drinks. So he's no help. So this kid, the narrator, all of a sudden that day, he has to be he has to become a man. There's no like his mom's there. Who who knows who else is there? All of the other men are gone. He is the person who needs to make the decision, and he's faced against what appears to be an imperial force. You know, so. He makes his choice. He makes a stand. How do you guys think he dies? Do you think he gets shot, or do you think the gun backfires on him? Or I, I heard various things. Okay, Ben, um, I'm with you. I I listened to this, you know, this week and and kind of went through. I was like, what is this really about? Because I feel like it's. I got to talk about the song Pocahontas. Okay. Um, because the song Pocahontas kind of travels through time a little bit. It does. I mean, it's got, you know, it's, it's got, got um, an Astrodome with Marlon Brando. Yeah. <laughs> it's got, you know, he's, he's trying to evoke like an emotion. I feel like I found a quote from Rolling Stone that said young sails through time and space like he owns them. So <laughs> I, I think her finger is, is more about the, the impression. I mean, it's, it's very, it's a stunning, astonishing song. And I, you know, a gunship arrives, who knows? Um, I think it's more about, you know, it's, if you strip it down, it's this guy, he's terrified, he's a little 22-year-old kid, he's trying to save his family. It's like a short story, like uh, like the lottery or something, where you yeah. just get like this little taste of something horrifying and, you know, how that makes you feel without getting um, like myth- mythology or like a, a, a specific context. But yeah, I also, like you, I spent a lot of time kind of trying to figure out what that song was about, and I th- I feel like it's a fool's errand. Um, but it is very, right. like, evocative. Yeah. Uh, and haunting. Very haunting. Yeah. yeah. I actually liked it a lot because it doesn't nail down a time period. It doesn't say, you know, this is a civil war, this is Vietnam, which, you know, was a recent war for the Americans. It's not a Canadian revolution or, a, you know, there... It, it, it could be anything is is kind of a a wonderful way to that he writes lyrics he writes them in a way that it it has a timeless quality um it might name someone like Marlon Brando and Pocahontas but it doesn't really he he wants to get to those emotions that you're feeling uh, i think he really pulls that out in his in his one note solos in his you know uh, style of playing it lends itself very well to his his country rock roots there's two really cool guitar solos in Powderfinger like after the <laughs> second verse and after the third verse they're both you know not virtuistic but just really cool melodic solos guitar harmony <laughs> oh yeah yeah dude <laughs> so this record's 
it starts out, it's just him. Acoustic guitar, harmonica doing his thing. Then boom, powder fingers, side track one, side two. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And it's uh all of Crazy Horse. He split it yeah, up yeah. just like uh Dylan's bringing it all back home. Side one uh, acoustic, side two electric. Man, we, we, we just heard it. How gruesome is the line? Then I saw black and my face splashed in the sky. <laughs> yeah, that's it's great. And I and yeah. I agree with Birch. I think that the fact that he uh, the 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 song it's unstuck in time you know you could this could be a metaphor for anything really whatever scares you you know this giant power that threatens your family with violence that is yeah. uh universally horrifying yeah i did uh one of the best quotes i did read about the album is rolling stones paul uh nelson he said though not really a concept album rust never sleeps is about the occupation of rock and roll burning out contemporary and historical American violence and the desire or need to escape. Sometimes it's an uh, exoneration about coming back for those of us who still have that chance and a eulogy tribute to those who don't. Man, speaking speaking of burning out, uh, you guys, so the, the the last verse of Powderfinger is like the kid's basically eulogizing himself. You guys hear the, uh, the revisiting of the terminology of fading away, just like in the book. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's right in the middle. So it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. So much about this album, well-constructed in, in terms of, um, the track selection and the track placements, um, flows so well. I mean, obviously it's bookended. Um, and like they were saying in that, it's not necessarily a, a concept album, but the concert itself, you do feel like it has a, a natural story arc or um, it ramps up. It, it does. Um, the only, I will say one song that I've always kind of been like, eh, maybe not my favorite Neil Young song is Welfare Mothers. Um, just because of the repeated phrase, it just kind of gets <laughs> stuck in your head. So, you know, I, I talked about growing up in a, uh, a Neil Young household. My dad going to see Neil Young, you know, in the 80s. Um, so I texted him today. I was like doing research and taking notes on Rust Never Sleeps, you know, made me think of you. And he texted me, it doesn't, which took me a second. But I think he's saying that Rust never sleeps. He's agreeing that it never sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, and then he said, thank you. Welfare mothers make better lovers. Um, sunglasses emoji. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of having like an emotional moment, kind of like re-listening to this and thinking back about my childhood. And <laughs> this goofball song is the first thing that he quotes yeah. with it's, the sunglasses emoji. It gets my dad is bad. I mean, yeah. It just it repeats and repeats and repeats. I think that's the reason that I'm just like, it's not. Uh, usually when a song just keeps drilling um, with the same phrase, it, it, I usually am not a, not a big fan of it, but it's, it's a cool song. (laughs) It is very silly. It's great. Um, Have you guys ever heard the, the Neil Young album um, sleeps with angels? Oh yeah. No, I've heard that one. Okay. Yeah. It's like 1994. Right Um, after uh, Kurt Cobain's death. 
yeah, dedicated. Yeah, it's yep. right after Kurt Cobain's death. It's after um, River Phoenix's death. It's a very sad record. But there's a track on there called Piece of Crap. <laughs> yeah. It's this out of nowhere. You know, this is very heartfelt, sentimental record. And he's got this, like, bizarre, like, four-minute song that's just a tirade against, like, as-seen-on-TV infomercials. And he's like, saw it on the tube, bought it on the phone. Now you're home alone with a piece of crap. <laughs> piece of crap. <laughs> so I I, I I, like that about Neil Young. He just throws a little goofball song in there so you don't get too bummed. <laughs> saw uh jim jarmusch uh in they were um doing a q a and we had just uh after dead man uh, I, I you yeah do you remember what he said when uh neil young neil young uh put some weird traffic into the soundtrack of dead man i mean it's just a very sparse soundtrack this one note you know kind of haunting feedback of of these notes uh throughout the film and then there's just traffic and jim jarmish like looked at him like yeah are you goofing with me why why is there traffic on your soundtrack and neil just kind of looked at him was like sounded good to me i just thought it would be just <laughs> and jim was like i i guess all right you guys have all seen human highway right yeah <laughs> Takes a working man, my friend. Yeah, yeah, that was going around. Um, I mean, this is on around this. I'm sorry, time this too. is related to this record. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Birch. Yeah, that was going on around this time. Human Highway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Rust. Um, sorry, excuse me. Uh, Human Highway is a Neil Young quote unquote comedy that he like wrote and directed um, that stars Devo. And uh, during the movie, there's a scene where Neil Young. Neil Young's character gets like conked on the head and has like a 15 minute dream sequence. And 10 minutes of that is uh, Neil Young jamming with Devo in the late seventies doing a, a fucking throwdown for my, my, Hey, Hey, <laughs> which is astonishing. It's got boogie boy, like in a crib playing a mini moke. He changes the lyrics. He says, this is the story of Johnny spud. Um, <laughs> Didn't he also so throw yeah. in- uh, did, didn't he also throw in Russ Never Sleeps? Like, yes, he did. And that lyric, and then uh, Neil Young yes, changed the lyrics. Yeah. To incorporate it. Yeah. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. Every, that, everyone should just look up that YouTube clip. It, it's it's my favorite version of the, uh, of uh, Hey, Hey, My, My, or My, My, oh, Hey, same. Hey, whichever one. Yeah. It rips. It's long. So it never gets boring. Um, it's pretty great. Uh, this album by the by the end of it when they get back to hey hey my my it's one of my favorite parts when he he plays that distorted guitar by himself and it just sounds jagged it is (laughs) straight metal crunch when it gets back to that it is like it just sounds like metal being thrown around it's 
Godfather of Grunge. Amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like nothing I you ever hear on a on a records. It's just it's it's noise. It it's like a noise uh I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and it's such a it's such a good like juxtaposition to opening with that acoustic uh version of it. It's just Yeah, this is a great record. Um <laughs> Uh, real quick, Ben, because um, I was trying to peg down some like lyrical stuff. Uh, sedan delivery, talking about different interpretations of this song. Um, lyrically, all music was like, this is a stream of consciousness diatribe of the modern world and a young person's state of confusion. And Rolling Stone was like, it's about a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't analyze the lyrics of this one as much as other songs on this album. I uh I do like that the narrator uh really appreciates his job of sedan sal- uh, del- delivery. That was a hard gig to find. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, did anyone, out there. anyone want to bring up the the Jawas and the giant yes. amps? <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. Live and, and the remote control cockroach. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I, awesome. I bought that DVD for my dad. Like maybe 20 years ago, whenever it was put out, but, um, live rust. Is that what you're talking about? Live rust. Yeah, it is. Did you, Ben, did you read about this show? No, no. Oh, it is so fun. There's like giant fake amps. There's Jawas as roadies. There's like, (laughs) wait, why? Um, this is about, this is 10 years after Woodstock. And he like in between songs, he's playing like these, uh, live announcements from Woodstock. Like, don't eat the brown acid. <laughs> it is a fucking show. <laughs> I don't know if he was trying to compete with Pink Floyd, but it is a great show. And I would, I would love to catch a Neil Young show, preferably with Crazy Horse, uh, while while he's still on this mortal coil. Yeah, the only other thing this reminds me of is uh, like after playing shows at Smedley's, the Pepe's Grill in Indianapolis, they had like. Uh, they had a few tracks off of live rust on their jukebox. And I recall, uh, playing that many times. Hey guys, which, I'm which old songs? and nostalgic. Get me out of here. Which song? Oh, Rob. Um, my, my, Hey, 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 my, my, Oh, you just playing back, back to back. I mean, yeah, I, I did <laughs> that. And, uh, uh, the Dwight Yoakam cover of, uh, that Elvis, track because i love you too much baby forget which what the actual name of that song is uh, oh my vicious minds vicious minds yeah <laughs> vicious minds is that what you said not uh, suspicious, suspicious minds, minds. <laughs> yeah, vicious minds sid vicious uh, minds, sid vicious <laughs> minds. <laughs> i'm out of here take him a ball and going home this album rips yeah it's so rips good. man I'm I'm into it. I uh, next time we speak, I'll own it. I'm picking this. Up. I was honestly Ben. I was so happy to hear that you were so excited about that uh that song. Yeah, um, Powderfinger. Because uh, that's a great song, and it's it's very it's it's a it's a I don't know. I'm I was super here to super glad to hear you were into that record or that song. I I I ride for for Neil Young. Uh, but the, you know the thing is, the guy is so prolific. Like I, I own probably six Neil Young albums, and I'd never heard Russ Never Sleeps. You know, like it, 
I have a feeling that I'm going to be able to uh, be discovering Neil Young albums for years to come. You will. You know? There's yeah, a lot. Yeah. There's so many. Yeah. All right. Next time we'll be talking about Gang of Four Entertainment. Yeah.